Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Renault, Craig Burley and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off in Denmark. What a match it turned out to be between Copenhagen and Manchester United. United were looking good. They were in complete control, really, of the tie. 2-0 up. However, Marcus Rashford then sent off with five minutes to go in the first half. That would see United capitulate. Copenhagen got two goals before the break, meaning 2-2, going into the second period of time. However, United be awarded a penalty. Bruno converted that to make it 3-2. But two late goals from the host would see Copenhagen win the tie by four goals to three. What that means then is that United sit bottom of the group by Munich, uh, beat Galatasaray 2-1. We'll talk about that later. First, let's focus on what happened today, shall we, in Denmark, Craig. Where do, you, where do we start? Well, I mean, I suppose... We'll get, I mean, I suppose the Marcus Rashford thing, but first and foremost, it's all around VAR because I'm seeing a lot of people crying again, just continually crying week in, week out about VAR. The same people, they're saying, oh, VAR, it's just, it's micromanaging now. It's getting, you know, it's trying to pick all these decisions. The same people that were saying there's too many decisions getting wrong by the naked eye. And look, there is a little sympathy for Marcus Rashford that he tries to protect the ball. But what you've got to understand is, when IFAB write these laws, as soon as they write in reckless and endangering an opponent, that's going to be a red card. Now, a referee, when he goes to the monitor or has been sent to the monitor because he didn't see it, right, for whatever reason, he was in a good position, but he didn't see it. So when he was sent to the monitor, doesn't look at it and go, oh, he's a little bit unlucky. <laughs> oh, he's a bit unfortunate he's trying to protect the ball. He looks at it and says, how do I need to interpret this? And I need to interpret this by the way the laws have been written by IFAB, and that is he has endangered an opponent. And the more you see it, the worse it gets, whether he tried to do it or not, which I don't believe he did. Mm. I have no doubt, in my opinion, it's a red card. It might be unfortunate, but it's a red card. OK, let's start with that. And this is what Ten Hag had to say about that sending off. With the red card, it seemed like the replay, um, there was freeze-framing and slow-mo of it. Do you think that's a flaw of VAR in that it, there's danger it takes the challenge out of context and it doesn't present it properly? You say it very good. I think when you freeze it, it looks always so, so worse. And as I say, it takes then so long and they make a red card of it. And I, uh, so I feel... Uh, I'm very disappointed about such decisions. I think the game is never meant... Uh, uh, to be uh, like this, and this has nothing to do with uh, with, with football. Uh, with uh, uh, the decisions has to be made, and I accept that there are also uh, uh, wrong decisions are made. But if I sum it up, when you make on this level uh, three such tough decisions, uh, you uh, you control the game, and I think the game is never meant to be for that. In this instance, you just play it at real time. Would that just make? Would that solve that problem? And I think they're using the wrong example at the wrong time. We all understand what they're talking about when you freeze frame it. But what you've got to look at is Rashford's about a yard away from the ball. You know, whether it's freeze framed or at real time, the fact is he goes over the ball and he's he's not even close to the ball. That's and that's the that's the problem. That's why the referee sends him off, not because. He doesn't send them off because the, the slow-mo makes this look worse than it is. It, it's a bad challenge. Is he unlucky? Yes. I mean, look how far... 
he, put, he puts his foot over the ball, and look how far away from the ball he is. And he stands on the guy. You talk about reckless. It's, it's, a, it's a cross between standing on his ankle and raking his Achilles. So, it's a red card. Right. Yeah. Red. Yeah. And what I would say is, regardless of the freeze frame or the full speed, it doesn't change the fact that this is a challenge that is above the ankle and, as Stevie just said, rakes down the leg. So, what does the freeze frame do? Well, yes, it, it highlights it. it. It certainly makes it very clear. That, that's for certain. But it doesn't change the reality of the challenge itself. And the reality of the challenge itself is that it was worth a red card. And what I found really interesting in the commentary is that they kept saying, anybody who's played the game knows this is not a red card. Look, I, I play the game. And I know what Marcus Rashford is trying to do. And he's trying to shield the ball. And he's trying to make himself big. But you're still responsible as to what you do with your body. You still respond. If you, if you make yourself big and you swing an elbow, you're still responsible as to what you're doing with your body. And so, therefore, that doesn't excuse. His intent doesn't excuse the, reckless, the recklessness of the challenge, and therefore it's a red card. Let's talk football, uh, shall we? Because, obviously, at that stage, United were in complete control. Copenhagen were all over the place. Yet, just because, lost you, the plot. Yes, just because you lose a player doesn't mean that things should fall apart in the manner that they did ahead of the halftime break, surely. It's not an excuse. Well, it's not an excuse, but it certainly, certainly doesn't help. But I think if you look at the bigger picture with United and their struggles, you know, they've lost four again tonight. Copenhagen are what we would call a tidy side. They're not exactly one of the juggernauts of European football. They lost three against Galatasaray, who are also in that, that same boat, and they were at home. They lost four in Munich, and it could have been eight. So... The, the bigger picture here is, is United haven't been playing well. They've been shipping goals. Yes, they might feel wronged on the Rashford decision. I don't, I don't see why uh, they would. Because when you look at the, the replay and continue to look at the replay, it, it could easily have been a broken ankle. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the substitutions were made and Amrabat came on. He, he was poor. Once again, we can talk about the Mason Mount transfer that was so vaunted in the summer and at that price and yet he's on the bench in one of the biggest games and the World Cup winner in Raphael Varane who came on he doesn't look that comfortable but he's out the team and he's preferred to Maguire and uh, Johnny Evans who have to go off injured it's, it's just a baffling time all around and Eric Ten Hag I thought he'd finally saw some common sense at the weekend with his rhetoric but it, it seems not uh, Stevie take us through the, the winning goal what, what stands out from you defensively from Manchester United that let Copenhagen get that winner well you've got two centre-backs who physical size are, are way bigger and better than, than what they're up against I mean look at the number of red jerseys you've got in here this is just bad defending One, two, there's, about, there's about seven seven Man United red jerseys there players there and not one of them can read it, not one of them can react quickly. And then, again, this, just, this is a ball thrown in on top of the six-yard box, and both your centre-halves are within three, three yards of each other. So you, you expect one of them to go and win it? None of them. None of them win it. And then the second ball, it's a classic. You have to, if you don't win the first one, defensively, you've got to win the second one. And they don't do that either, with all those bodies there and all those players. But it's not a shock, is it? The fact that they've, they've lost this game. We're, sit, we're sitting watching this and we're like, wow, didn't see this coming. But it's not a surprise. 
It's like you said, we've been watching this all season. They, they, they've been throwing goals away for fun all season long. They can't get the back four right. They never play with the same back four. And actually, Ten Hag will probably tell you it's because of injuries, but actually, does he actually know what his back four is? And again, if you're going to play Johnny Evans before Raphael Varane, I'll tell you what, I'd be asking questions to the manager. What I would say is that, yes, the red card happened, the game changed, the momentum of the, of the game changed. We go into halftime, come into second half, they went up 3-2. They were up 3-2 with 20 minutes to go. Now can you see it out? Is it, is it difficult circumstances? Of course it is. But that doesn't, again, doesn't excuse Diogo Dallo having the Rager just going on the back of him and not even understanding that that's your guy. That if, if a ball is coming in as an in-swinger, it's going to get on the inside of you. You have to clear that, or at the very least, you've got to get your body between you and the goal. Again, that has nothing to do with refereeing decisions. It has to do with poor defending. Now, to the point that Stevie was making about the center backs, Never mind winning the challenge. They didn't even make a challenge. For the fourth goal, neither Varane nor Maguire actually rise up to go and win the ball. They get caught up with whoever the two runners were for Copenhagen. They're seeing the players. They're following the players. And the ball goes over their head. And it kind of bounces. And, and, and Bargi puts it away. There was a moment here in this game that really annoyed me. Oh. Manchester United goes up 3-2. They score the penalty. And Alejandro Garnacho, as they go about, they're celebrating, he's telling the crowd for Copenhagen to shush. Yeah. Right? Garnacho. Garnacho. What has Garnacho done in his career to be this kind of player that can go and tell a crowd away from home to shush? And what has Manchester United done this year at all to warrant that sort of arrogance and attitude that Garnacho's telling shh, shush? At that point, I said to myself, see, this team... It's out of touch. They don't quite get it, that they're struggling and that there was still work to be done for 20 minutes for you to struggle to get the points that you, that you needed, to get the result. And you're concerned about shushing a crowd. Yeah. This team is not good enough to be shushing anybody. This is a classic VR deflection, same as Ateta at the weekend. That's just all everybody will be talking about. People won't, can't see the, the woods for the trees here with, the, with, with Rashford being sent off. Uh, trust me. Had this been one of a big bruising Copenhagen defenders on Bruno Fernandes, right, doing something similar, this would have been a red card all day, every day, from Man United fans and the English media. And Bruno Fernandes being the biggest whinger in world football, been rolling about in the ground crying about it. People have to accept this is the laws of the game these days. The free, and all this freeze framing is to, is to we'll try to clean the game up here. Right, and it's not, never going to be perfect. And I understand the handball, not just in today's game, the two handballs with VR, the frustration is never going to go away. But when you can slow down a challenge and show how dangerous it was, and we saw it with Romero, we saw it with Curtis Jones earlier in the season, there have been others, and you can show how high up or how dangerous that is, how is that not doing the job properly? So... I just think people are going to use this as an excuse, but as I said, 11 goals in three of the games mm -hmm. tells a story. Got a back line that's all over the place. Uh, yeah, it was a difficult night for them once they lost uh, Marcus Rashford, but guess what? They've got a lot of experienced players. Manchester United against Copenhagen, you know. They're not in the Allianz. They're not in the Bernabeu. They're not in the San Siro. They're in Copenhagen playing a, a tricky little side. The teenager come on in the end, you know. Mm -hmm. It, the excuses have to stop. And it's interesting, you look at the signings that United have made, Amrabat, 
Anthony, Mount, all on the bench for a big game that they really had to go and get something from. The question, it makes you wonder who signed them. Well, it's is Ten Hag, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ten Hag. Well, well, I mean... He, got push, he pushed for Mount, he had to. Yeah, push and pushed for Anthony. Yes. But my point is, when you're a coach, right, and you're pushing for players, you're playing them any chance you get. Because you know that people upstairs are going, well, hold on a second, have you just seen the team? Three guys he wanted are not in the team. That's, that, they're going to ask questions. So, so the natural thing as a coach to do is to play them. But he's not even playing them. It's, it's baffling is what it is. It really is baffling. And I can't figure out why. Because if you want to put it down to form, then you could still play them because the, the players that are coming in for, for either one of the three of them are just as bad. So again, it goes back to being the coach, bringing them in, you play them. And if, if nothing else, you try and get them to play through the bad form. But after that, completely baffling. The teams he picks, I, I just scratch my head every time they appear. Uh, let's talk about then what happens next. With regards to Champions League, as we mentioned, two matches to go uh, for all of them. Bayern Munich are fine. You know, they're through. That's not a problem. But next up, Craig, United go to Istanbul to take on Galatasaray. You lose that, you're out. They were competitive tonight in the Alliance in Germany. They lost, they had a goal chopped off uh, in that second half, it was tight. They were absolutely brilliant for 70 minutes in Istanbul against Bayern Munich. They beat United at home, scoring three goals, uh, deservedly so. So I don't, and that hostile atmosphere, the way they play, with the pace and how they pass it, I don't see United winning there. I don't see United even getting a point there. I see them getting taken apart. They're, they're, they're not a bad little side, you know, Galatasaray. So, no, don't see United. In fact, there's an argument to say the best thing that could happen to them was just to get out altogether. <laughs> well, if don't, that, even, don't even if drop into the Europa League. They've got enough headaches. They have enough headaches. He's got enough headaches at the moment. But if that happens, then that's surely he's going to be back in Holland for Christmas. Uh, he'll be back in Holland for Christmas. He'll be back in Holland for Thanksgiving if they lose to Luton this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Uh, look, uh, this game in Istanbul is going to require an element of the game that I just don't think this team, or this version of Manchester United, has proven that they have, and that is toughness. Mental toughness, physical toughness. I don't think that this is a team that is built to grind and built to fight because when they're asked to do so, they just don't have it in them. And that's why guys like Anthony don't play. Because in tough matches, you need character. And he just doesn't have that. He may have all the tricks, but none of those tricks actually get you productivity. And so therefore, these are the kind of guys that you cannot trust. And you have to go over there and somehow they got a result at Istanbul. I don't like it because the makeup of this team doesn't tell me that there's any sort of toughness for them to be able to grind out a result away from home. Where do we stand, Steve, if you're in charge of United? <laughs> um, it feels as though they're about as bad right now as they've been for quite a few years. You know, all the, all the money in the bank that he got, Ten Hag, from last year, yeah. has absolutely disappeared. Somebody's robbed the bank because <laughs> there's nothing left. And right now, it feels as though watching the team, the team has no idea how to get a result, how to, how to be together to get a result. Do you get but rid of him ahead of this Galatasaray game to just try and give a boost? To try and get no. somebody in, just a new face, a new voice... 
Nobody, no, nobody got, fresh. No, nobody you, wants that job before Galatasaray. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Listen, I think at this stage you let him hang himself, basically. Right. It's what you, it's what you do. And so that you've, you're left... The people in charge at Manchester United can't make a decision to save their life. So don't make one and let him, let him get himself out the door. Because the way the team's playing and the way he's coaching and managing right now... You, you don't see him turning this around at all. Because the old saying about the team reflects the manager, right now that's what it looks like. The manager looks like he doesn't know what to do and the team don't look as though they know what to do. But the worst thing that could happen is that they do just enough. That they do just enough to get signs alive. I'm back to social PSG. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that you put a performance together and say, oh! We're back, baby. Here we go. Uh, they won in the weekend and barely won over the weekend. It's like, oh, we got good feelings now, good vibes, positive energy with Manchester United. And people are getting all excited. Excited about what? There isn't a whole lot to get excited about. But if indeed they're able to string a couple of results together, that gives you just enough life. And if you're a Manchester United fan, I don't know that that's a good way to go about it. Because if, if this is going to crash and burn, might as well crash and burn now. Really? Not wait and wait and wait and just kind of, all right, the patient is going to die, but let's let him suffer for a little while longer. That's not good for anybody. But it's crashing and burning everywhere. It's not right. just on the field. <laughs> yes. That's the problem. It, 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 the problem is shared, really. Well, it's not. It should be. Uh, but one guy in particular who isn't doing a great job, but he's taking the full yes. brunt of this. What, was he, what were they doing in pre-season? They look, they look to me as if they never saw a ball in pre-season. They look as if they're in the 1970s, go down the beach to the sand dune <laughs> and run for a month. Where, where's all this work that these coaches, particularly the big clubs, were doing in the summer? Right. You know, the patterns they play and the, the, the pressing and the playing as a unit and denying, all that thing, denying space, tucking the fullbacks in, working in the back line. What, what were they, and, and I know they had a shorter summer because... Uh, of the World Cup last year, but but they still had time to, to work with his players, you know, and he wasn't out there at hotels trying to sign players because they do have people that will do that, albeit they're not very good. So he was on the training ground. He was on the training ground working with his players and yep. there's no sign of anything that he was doing. You know, even, even Chelsea to an extent, there's some semblance of what, Pochettino's trying to do it's not great at the moment there definitely is at Tottenham there definitely is at Newcastle right, you, you know and the rest the, you can see where the problem is the problem at Chelsea yeah up front aye but his team lots problems everywhere right oh there you are Manchester United fans hey we said yesterday we haven't talked about them for a while <laughs> hey Hoyland was good Hoyland hey, was good what, what, yeah. what do Man United fans expect right I know fans, it's always hope, right? When they tune in or they go to a game or whatever it is, it's always, I suppose from a supporter's point of view, and I'm not a supporter, it's hope. But when realism kicks in, you know, when they go out and play at the moment, what's the real realistic expectations of what are they going to deliver? And it can't be very high. I mean, it just can't. And then I think everybody starts looking at the periphery for excuses. But what about them just focusing on this game? They could say, look, we were in absolute control of this match. We would have moved up to second. Well, I don't, doubt, I don't doubt for a fact that Copenhagen... I'm not saying Copenhagen would have come back and won. I, I don't doubt for a fact that Copenhagen would have at least figured out that first 20 minutes and how poor it was. Right. 
So I'm not. So I don't know. United may have won the game, they may not. I don't think it would have continued as it was because I've seen Copenhagen. We've all seen them playing. They've been, they were a better side, and they have been a better side than what we saw in the first 15 or 20 minutes. But but it's all hearsay, isn't it? It didn't. There was a, a there was a. Well, it, was, it, it was 2 0, wasn't it? And then obviously Rashford got sent off. And then Ten Hag, this is what he said later on in the press conference, by the way, uh, about the goal that Copenhagen got to make it 2 1. Oh, we don't have the sound, sorry. Okay, sorry. well, go. Good setup, Dan. Yeah, that's okay. Can I be honest? So well. <laughs> I'll be honest now. I don't want to hear from that geezer again. Uh, so he, uh, he came out and said basically, Onana's unsighted. But watch the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper never once takes his eye off the ball. He's got his eye on the ball the whole time. And it goes, so, it, it so goes in not, the opposite corner. He's not distracted at all. He's nowhere. Yeah. Not even close. That's searching. Again, excuses. Searching for the excuses. Instead of coming out and saying, look, we got ourselves in a great position and, and we, didn't, we didn't get together and we didn't keep them out. We didn't defend well. We have to do better and we have to, we have to sort this quickly. That gives you a little bit of dignity. Right. <laughs> Coming out with all this nonsense about, well, I know the first goal and then this and that and then on oh, the red card. And then, it just makes, it makes you sound as though you're searching. Oh, he is searching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, who are you trying to fool? Yeah. We, we, we see the video, everybody sees the video, the player's not even in the frame. He's already ran past Onana, Onana sees a full, as a full side of the shot. The, the shot goes through his two defenders who has split wide open, maybe complain to the defenders. Who are you trying to fool? Yeah. I mean, once you see the video, anybody, again, who just watches the video and pays attention and actually evaluates something objectively would know that no chances is offside. So again, who is the story for? Who, even, even a hardcore Manchester United fan can't possibly look at that video and say, yeah, look at that. That was offside. No chance. I mean, it's not even close. It's, it's not even in the realm of a discussion that, or a possibility that that was offside. I prefer that. I just, I, I just want to go back to when Diego Maradona, you know, handled the ball in a, in a quarterfinal of a World Cup <laughs> and it knocked England out. And when Frank yeah, Lampard scored against yeah. Germany and the ball yes. was a yard over the yeah. line and it wasn't seen by the officials... All in a World Cup. I, I just want to go back to all that. Because the good old days. The good old days of getting decisions wrong, but the game was quicker. And the, and the fans were like, OK, oh, we're out of the World Cup, but we really enjoyed that. We really enjoyed those decisions. Oh, my God. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. No Bellingham, no problem for Real Madrid as they comfortably beat Braga by three goals to nil. Although the Vistas did miss a penalty uh, early on in the tie, Real Madrid would in the end show their dominance. Raheem Diaz would open the scoring 27 minutes in, then a couple of nice finishes from the Brazilian strikers, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, making it 3-0. So Real Madrid remained perfect in qualifying. What did we learn from this, Ali? You mentioned the missed penalty, and I wish to give some credit to Lunin, who... Wasn't supposed to start, Kepa gets in during the warm-ups. That means that Lunin now becomes a goalkeeper, I, I, I suppose, for the foreseeable future. But more importantly for Real Madrid, what I thought was significant is the fact that you had Vini and Rodrigo playing together up top in more central positions. Now, we have heard both the complaints of Rodrigo and Vini. No, we don't want to play here. This is not for us. I want to hang out on the left with Vini. Rodrigo wants the freedom to go wherever he wants to. And guess what? They both score from central positions, playing off of each other, assisting to each other, actually working off of each other so it can work. It's, it's a way of Ancelotti sitting them down saying, hey, both of you, instead of complaining, look, it can actually work yeah. when you actually are able to work off of each other, play off of each other, because both of you can exploit your speed in central areas, and you're going to force center backs into matchups that they do not want to have. That in itself is encouraging. The fact that you didn't have to use Jude Bellingham, also encouraging Real Madrid dominant at home. Uh, meanwhile, Arsenal in complete and utter control of their group after a 2-0 victory over Sevilla. Uh, Trossard would score on the half-hour mark and then Saka would guarantee uh, the win with a nice individual goal uh, to make it 2-0. That, what that means is with PSV beating Lens, uh, Arsenal four points clear uh, with two matches remaining. Craig, despite that defeat against Lens, they kind of turned the corner in this competition, haven't they, and running away with it. Yeah, well, if you can play teams like Sevilla. Yeah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean, not much better than young boys against Man City, which was equally as bad. So it was one-way traffic. Uh, I suppose from Mateta's perspective, had a lot to say at the weekend after the defeat, blaming all and sundry. Maybe he had some reason with some of the officials' decision, but his team didn't play well. So this was pretty much a perfect game for them. Uh, Saka got himself a goal. Trossard got himself a goal. And they really didn't have to do any defending of notes, so comfortable night. Nice hold from Saka, obviously. Nice assist as well. Yeah, it's always nice for any coach to see your forward scoring goals. Uh, good for confidence. But I'll tell you what, I bet he wishes he could play Sevilla every single time they step on the field. I mean, you talk, you talk about a team that looked as though they had just given up. Mm. You know, they didn't even make an attempt to get forward and try and disturb Arsenal. They just... 
They played as though they've resigned to the fate that they're out, and that's it. Disappointing. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, we saw Inter leave it late, but they got a big victory uh, with a 1-0 win. Elsewhere in Inter's group as well, uh, we saw Real Sociedad get the victory against Benfica, who have been horrible in this group. Uh, Real Sociedad, of course, now through to the knockout stages. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Be sure to stay tuned. Extra time uh, is next. Uh, the boys here to answer your questions. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. A familiar foe. Is our first tweet. It's from a Shaka Hislop. Okay. On yesterday's Extra Time, I was saying that Thanksgiving is the second to last Thursday of November, and Dan and Ali were saying it's the third Thursday of the month and having a laugh at me. Of course, this year it's the fourth Thursday, so I'd like an apology and a passive-aggressive ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a sign of life from Shaka Hislop that we were not seeing yesterday in the show. No, that's, no, it's that's, very that's good to see that he's back. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, do you know when Thanksgiving? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, involve me. There we go. Yeah. Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Thursday. It's a Thursday of the Some month. Thursday. How soon after Copenhagen's fourth goal did the producer call Craig to tell him he was working tonight? <laughs> this is the theory that Manchester United fans say you only come in when they lose. Yeah, which is, I'm working way too hard. <laughs> hey, Christmas is going to be good in the Burley household. This is not good. United need to sort this out. Come yeah, on. exactly. Oh, I was here. Uh, Craig, thank you for rushing to the studio in the moment United lost. Is Ten Hag's recruitment to blame for these performances? Scott McTominay is outperforming £55 million signing Mason Mount. I think recruitment is. Well, it's a huge part of it, but he has been... I think he's liable for some of it, obviously not all. But he definitely pushed for Anthony. I would imagine he was heavy-handed in the Mount signing because they went hard after Mason Mount Hoyland yeah um, who's done okay actually to be fair to him he's a young young boy but yeah he does and now he takes responsibility with his his team set up and his team selection which is as worrying as you know centre United board you know Anthony you know we spend 85 90 million on him he's he's the deal anybody who thinks this guy is worth that that's yeah. a worry how difficult is it, though, because we talk about how well City recruit and how the players just seem to seamlessly come in. Like, how difficult is it for a transfer to come into United, considering what a mess it is? Well, when you've got a solid base and you're adding, then it makes it easier for anybody. Man United haven't had a solid base for years. Yeah. So that, would, that has to be the reason that so many players that have come into United not just under Ten Hag, but even before that, just just seem to lose their way. They just seem to get lost in the pile. I mean, I was I was pushing for Amrabat to go to Liverpool. 
But having watched him since he's gone to United, I'm scratching my head thinking, <laughs> how, lucky, how lucky is that? Yeah, or what was I thinking? Not I, 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 I do that a lot. <laughs> what was I thinking? So, yeah, there's no question. It, it, the United set-up right now is proof of, of when people like us who have been involved in the game say when you have got a settled, yeah. a settled group, a settled way of playing, when you're adding one, it makes it so much easier for them. But when you don't have that, then it just makes it harder. Do you think, Ali, any coach should get a tune out of this United squad? Ten Hag hasn't been great, but the squad is horrible. Zerbi could. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Here, we, Here go. we go. Well, right, okay. But he he has played a part in building this team. So he can't just wash his hands and say, well, look, <laughs> do the Antonio Conte and saying, well, I just need more players. I can't I can work with this group of players, and so therefore that's it. Well, I think the job of a manager is whatever is it that you have available, try to get the best out of that group of players. Yes, are they limited as compared to other United teams from years and years ago? Yeah, but you can still get results. It's just some of the decisions that he's making, you kind of go, I don't know, I don't know. You, you, got, you got center backs playing left back. You got Johnny Evans playing. Apparently now he's become the key to your success defensively. You got Mason Mount, who's supposed to be an important part of this team. He's on the bench. Anthony, who you brought in, he's not playing in a big game. And so on and so forth. And the guy on Nana, who's supposed to be the guy that, well, now we, now we can play out of the back. Look at us. We can play out of the back. But he can't keep a ball out. And so, and he has hands all over this. So he can't just say, well, this team is horrid, so I can't do anything about it. Well, you're part of the team. See, a manager is also part of the team, and therefore he needs to get the best out of what he has available. And right now, there doesn't seem to be a plan as to, okay, look, what? We're gonna we're gonna make it ugly. It's gonna be ugly. I don't care. Mm. We're gonna win one nothing, but we're gonna defend and we're gonna fight. And there's there's gonna be a personality about our group, and we're gonna be hard to beat. That's not happening with Manchester United. There there is a lot of. Ah, when things get tough, this team doesn't respond. Uh, let's take a look, shall we, at how the boogies have things set with regards to who could be the next manager if Ten Hag is let go. Oh, who's at the top of the list? Hey, there's no the way. way he'd go there. Anyway, I mean, you could take Zinedine Zidane off that. He I, wouldn't touch that job with a bad Uh No. The ice cream's too good in Brighton. Deserby's going nowhere. And, uh, this, is, uh, this is Stevie, by the way, tongue-in-cheek, because I said, why would Deserby go to Manchester United last week? And Stevie shouted at me a lot and called me a punter. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, uh, Correct. Let's be honest about it. He, he can't survive at home. I think they're at home. Luton. They're at home against Luton, yeah. He cannot survive, bearing in mind how they've played, and they did win at Fulham, but they were horrible there. So if you were Deserby, would you go? Yeah, because I think... <laughs> No, I know. I, I, I saw you arguing. About Excuse it. me. I saw. Well, I, I think the thing is, is that Brighton are a brilliant run club, but it's only so so much you can keep doing it. So it's opportunity. You've made him so happy, you know that. <laughs> well, no. Like, <laughs> good lad. It's I knew I could rely on you. It's opportunities, isn't it? I don't think. Anyway, I don't know. But you know, he can't survive Ten Hag. A defeat, home defeat to Luton. Yeah. He's surely. Yeah. Manchester United cannot be seen to be accepting. No, I don't think that will happen. Well, because it's international break, isn't it, after that? So then you go down to Brighton, take some something from the from the Arndale Centre, say, look, we've got lovely things up here as well, and get them over. That's it? That's, that's your argument? What's that? <laughs> well, no, that's, 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 that, if you've got two weeks, then now's the time to do it, isn't it? What are you waiting for? Christmas? <laughs> Again, 
Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Changeover. The yeah. takeover. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's, yeah, but then that's, that's more waiting, isn't it? Anything you'd like to add, Stephen? No. No. Ali, what is more likely to make it further? Who? Well, who is more likely? English. Li well, yes, it's not written in English. I've lost his composure. Uh, no, I'm just reading what it says, Stephen. Look, it says, what is more likely? So I'm right. just. Uh, who, who is more likely to make it further? Atleti, Inter, or Dortmund? Mm. Atletico Madrid. Yeah, just ugly. Oh. Well, but, he ha but he hasn't been. Well, Celtic. No, but actually, Atletico Madrid has been winning games, scoring goals. I Look, I know it's a small sample size, and I cannot take myself seriously when I say this about Diego Simeone, because I know it's not going to last. But actually, did you know that Atletico Madrid, until last weekend, they were the leading goal scorers in La Liga? Yeah, but didn't they get like eight against... No, seven. Seven, seven against Rio. So, hey, if you're going to bring facts, bring facts. Right, OK. <laughs> and didn't they just lose to Las Palmas? That's why I said it's a small <laughs> sample size. Is that the same Rio that Real Madrid drew against? Yes. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 Saves the nil-nil there as well. Griezmann and uh, Morata are yeah. arguably the best... Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, go with it. Go with it. Feel it. Go with it. strike a pairing. I couldn't get out of For Ali, I'm sure you had many gold droughts. Wow, dare you. Yeah, well, yes. Throughout your career. Yes. yes. My whole career was a gold drought. What was it like when you finally broke a drought? Well, it's great. And you know what the best feeling is? The fraction of a second in which you see the ball go past a goalkeeper and you know it's going into the back right. of the net. That, there is no feeling like that one, in particular when you haven't scored a whole lot and your job is to score. Anyway. Yes, I, I've gone through it. And again, that, that feeling is the one that, that, keeps, you, that keeps you alive. And, and, and it, it feels like, okay, here we go. From here now, I'm scoring goals every time I step on the field. Doesn't quite work out like that, but it is a great feeling to be able to break out of a drought at any point. And it doesn't matter the quality of the goal either. Yeah, it's just anything that crosses and the line. Anything that crosses the line, any tapping, anything that works out your way and you feel like, okay, whatever I had hanging over me, now it's gone. We have a clean start from here. It's a bit like having a New Year's resolution when you have like a month off the beer. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, when you come back from that. <laughs> oh, 12 hours. <laughs> a month. Not that I've ever experienced that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then when you have, you know, when you kick on, it's like, it's fantastic. Right. <laughs> we seem to have gone from addiction. <laughs> Stevie, what's it like as a coach when you're trying to get somebody, trying to get off their the belief? Yeah, go get off the fear. Well, as good, as good as Ali's talking about them scoring, that's what you feel like sitting on the sideline watching it happen. Because you know it makes the next time easier. Right. So... But that's but do you get, is there anything you can do to make it easier for them to encourage? Is there anything you found that worked? <sighs> Shouting. Oh, there's not. <laughs> See, here's the thing. That, that's the problem. Everybody's always looking for the for this magical answer for everything. Right. So we're looking for the coach to do something. Well, yeah, you, you're obviously encouraging somebody, but the real thing that changes it is either they pull out a bit of quality or. They stick it in with the backside. Right. Either way, it changes the whole thing. Just it just changes everything. And sometimes it's just a case of you just keep reassuring them, reassuring them, reassuring them. Can I just so, say though that going through those bad spells, if you will, the one thing that I can tell you that I took took pride in was okay. Don't let it affect the rest of the game. Do the hold up play. Would it affect the rest of your life? 
Potentially. <laughs> I would so. say I would say that I would take that home with me every so often. <laughs> the frustration, but don't have, don't let it affect the rest of your game. Would Melissa ever ask you? Did you score today? <laughs> no. Well, but if we were winning, it was great. Right. If we were winning, you you yeah. you you can live with it. But if you're losing and you're not scoring and you're not playing well, then it's a bad bad combination. Ooh. Would you take the Man United job? <laughs> <laughs> Please, oh, take it. Oh, it would be the best thing ever for us. 24-7 ESPN FC. If they phoned up tomorrow, <laughs> not a chance. You would turn that down? Aye. You said it was an opportunity for the Zerbi. It is. Well, but, that's, but that's what he wants to do. I don't want to do it. Yeah, but Steve, we want you, you to. Yeah, well, I know you do, but I don't. Selfish. Yeah, Selfish, Stevie. Five million a year, you'd do it for yeah. five million a year. Oh, you'd be in the Echo every day. <laughs> the Liverpool Echo, yes. Liverpool legend. Hey, five million. Five and a half. Oh, you turn it down? Yeah. Couldn't no, do you could. You were <laughs> Five million. <laughs> It's not about money. Yeah, it's peace of mind. It's not about money. I want to hear the end of this sentence. Hey, I want to hear the end of this sentence. Hey, I have a happy millionaire. Uh, uh, if you took that job, <laughs> if you seriously, if you took that job, you could have then somebody could come and do your leaves. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to do them yourself. Exactly. Yeah, like, the satisfaction of when it's done. But it's not never satisfactory because then it, next day it's full of leaves again. But if you tell me repeat what Ellen says, if, yeah, if you lived in Manchester, you wouldn't see the leaves. If you were told it, she goes. Don't you feel satisfied after doing that? I'm like, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. You turned that Man United ship around, just oh, imagine. Imagine it, Stevie. Imagine you'd go down. Yeah, I would never be able to walk into Liverpool again. But you don't well, go to Liverpool anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Small gone. Small details. <laughs> Small details. <laughs> you could take him as your assistant. No, I, I wouldn't do it. Oh, that would make it even better. Well, at least Shaka is your goalkeeping coach. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> at least they beat him up first, I could run away. First player to punch, that's him. That's, that's it, that's player. all right, yeah, good. Anthony, Anthony, this is your new coach. Hey, you Anthony. ask him, you, you ask him to break down video for you, he's like, can't be bothered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no bother. Videos. <laughs> um, where are we? Stevie, as a manager, would you say to Romero to cut down on the yellow and red cards but still keep him effective? Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a very, very tough one. The only time you can really have a go with somebody like him is if it's... He's, he's just completely gone to do them without even trying to win the ball. OK. Because other than that, you're, you're taking away, as the question said, you know... Forwards are scared of some defenders. I don't know whether that's the case now because of the way the game's played, but certainly in past years, forwards would stay away from certain defenders because they knew that if they went anywhere near them, they would try and lay one on them. Right. And so somebody like him, you have to make sure that, that he's being honest. If he's being honest, then you can't really say too much. If he's being stupid, on the other hand, then that's your opportunity to, to dig him out. He's walking that line right now. Well, he, well, he is. But if you if you if you tell him in, to not be making challenges, and not do this, and I think you would you would it'd be the shell of the player he is right now. Yeah, but it was the kick out before that. that yeah, was, then oh, that that's, that's that was the yeah that comes under Aye. that comes under the distribute. and that comes yes. under the you can dig him out big time. Stevie, what's your favourite football moment that still gives you chills every time you think about it? Michael Thomas running through an 89. Oh, no. I don't know. Oh. 
You see, that doesn't, even, that doesn't even cross my mind. That's, that's, I don't, you know, like particularly Arsenal fans, right? Yes. Arsenal fans will always come, always say to me about that. But you're bitter about it, that's why you hate Arsenal. Well, like you, yeah, you, see, you, you say, say that, you're, you're saying that to try and wind me up. No, no, I, no, that's what Arsenal fans say. No, but the, the, where does he hate you? Arsenal fans? <laughs> <laughs> You know, breaking leaves. He was in Costco yesterday. Not, it's, there's loads of them. In the last 30 years, I bet a few Arsenal fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, I wonder if sorry. Yeah. But that doesn't, it doesn't bother me one bit. Right. I d- it, me- it means nothing. So, what, what? It's something that happened. What's a nice moment then? They're, they're, they're there's, referring lo- there's, loads of, there's loads of things. I'll tell you what, I was watching, uh, I was, as you know, I like a bit of YouTube. Right, okay. And I was flicking around and I watched <laughs> Rushy's goals. Oh, yeah? And I was part of some of the goals. Right. And it was great. I felt great. So just little bits like that that pop up. There's, yeah. not, there's not one in particular. Certain it's just things that, that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> Eleanor, look at this ball. <laughs> I guess. I'm doing the leaves. <laughs> oh, so. Oh, yeah. What about you, so Craig? That, it must be like yeah. a moment that makes you go, oh, that's nice. Oh. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would that be? This guy gives give him chills. Well, chills is a bit strong for you, but... <laughs> chills? That's the last thing that gave you chills, Craig. <laughs> oh. Uh, like, what would you look well, back, tell you what, what would you look <laughs> like more fondly on? Scoring in the World Cup or scoring your first ever goal for Chelsea? Oh, no, no. Oh, not even close. World Cup. Yeah. My God, because when you're a kid, you're watching it. I suppose that from a selfish perspective, but actually the old film game in uh, 1998 when Paul Lambert scored. Right. The winning goal, I'd scored the first, he scored the second goal to kill it. And it was 80 odd minutes and it was a huge pressure season and he scored an absolute worldie. I mean like, he'll never hit one, like, I have followed it past Andy Gorham into the top corner and the place just erupted because the game was over. And then he went running in. So that was a moment. Right. Yeah, it was an unbelievable noise. I can just, I can remember that. Just, and Lambo said, wow, just I'll never score a goal like that again. And he did next week at Motherwell. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. pretty, uh-huh. just as well. And he never scored many, but yeah, just when he scored that. Yeah. Just, it was, it's more the- The, the moment. The moment because, the crowd, 60,000 just on top of us, just erupted and the camera cut to Vim Janssen and Rangers had dominated for years, as you know, and Vim just had this little smile on his face as they cut away to him, as if the boys have done it to Yeah. Just little moments like that. He just reminded me, he just reminded me of one day when he was talking, you were talking about the noise. When I was 18 and I went to Wembley to watch Scotland against England. Right. And I was expecting to get to Wembley and the side I was at, because going to the game, it was just people wearing kilts, tartan everywhere. And I just expected that when I got there, this half would be us and the other half would be England. And I got up the steps and I got when I got to the top and looked out, and the whole stadium was just full of jocks. It was absolutely unreal. And the noise of the singing and the flags and the whole thing. Just absolutely scary. Is that the Freckles chapter of your book? Maybe, huh? Eh? That's very good. That's one of my oh. favourite chapters. Not that, oh. Which reminds me of a story. Uh, a guy, a uh, Scottish guy that lives in Nottingham. Uh, 
when they were young they went down from Dundee to Wembley a bunch of them I don't know early 20s and they broke down just outside London right in the M1 20 miles north whatever it was and some big truck Artec stopped and picked them up and they all jumped in the back right right Artec and they he drove them, and he drove them, and he drove them. He drove them absolutely nowhere near Wembley Stadium. Oh, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> part of the truck up and left them. What's that got to do with anything? It gave him chills. Who does that? It's brilliant, because the truck driver was English. There's a bunch of <laughs> kilt-wearing jogs, right? <laughs> he went, that nice guy. It's brilliant. He's taking, him to, he's taking us to the game, boys. And he went, Wembley. He went the other way. <laughs> Not like that. What about you, Ali? Ah, I mean, there, there's a few. But I, I, I'll just say... When Maradona takes over Argentina as a national team coach, their first or his first official game with Argentina was against us in World Cup qualifiers in Buenos Aires. And you can imagine what this stadium yeah. was like. And you can also imagine what Maradona meant to me as a kid growing up in South America. Now I'm on the field, he's coaching, and I'm playing against his team, which that in itself is surreal. But I, I just happened to go on the sidelines, uh, the challenge, whatever, the ball goes out of bounds, and just... He flicks the ball up to his foot, whatever, juggles a couple of times, gives it to tosses it to me. And I'm like, this is this is different. This is surreal, yeah. Yeah, Maradona just kicked the ball. And then you gotta remind yourself, oh by the way, we're playing a World Cup qualifier against Argentina yeah. and all the difficulties that that entails. But beyond that, with Venezuela, 2011 Copa America, we're going on our run. Win the quarterfinals, now we're going into the semifinals, first time and only time that we've ever done this. And we're playing Argentina, so we don't quite realize what's going on back home. And then they start sending videos over of people crying, of people just taking out. You must remember that the situation in Venezuela as a country was and still is all over the place. And this is 10 years ago. And the emotion of people that they found in our team a reason to forget all the struggles, right. all the problems, all the differences, and everybody was out in the streets together celebrating. That, that gave you chills. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Very good. Any more truck story? <laughs> and our truck driver did take us to the uh, correct stadium. Any more kidnappings? Uh... <laughs> so what happened was, what, they all survived. <laughs> and funny enough, they missed the game. Uh. Stevie, I don't think I've ever seen a man rake leaves so aggressively. Oh, <laughs> Eleanor sent me, I hate every second. Eleanor sent me the, the video, and the oh. good thing, Eleanor's kind of David Attenborough-esque commentary over it as well. It's very good. <laughs> Have you always done it that way, and is it effective? So you weren't raking them. What were you doing to them? I was putting them onto a tarpaulin to put, take them in the woods. Oh, tarpaulin? Yeah. Right. But see, here's the thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, every single time. <laughs> You're spanking yeah, because, the leaves. Because they're wet, and I've got to do that to, make, to move them, and then I've got to put them on a tarpaulin. <laughs> and by the way, when did you, I've never seen this. When did you do that? You sent it to me a couple of days ago. Well, see, you know the worst thing about it? People say, I mean, you bring Adrian's wool with you? <laughs> the only I can't understand why I hate this so much, you get angry. Right. And she always tries to be nice during it. <laughs> well, what does she say? Like, <laughs> Wait, how does she, what does she say to oh, be nice? Bit of fresh air and exercise. And, <laughs> but you know, there's a get-out. And, and I'm like, oh. 
<laughs> I hate every second of it. You really look like you hate it. I do hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a ghetto. Just oh, here. Here we go. Right, here we go. We're making it rain, baby. We're making it rain. We're making it rain. We're making it rain in this show. But why don't you just pay some money for some? Because you don't. We did that last year. <laughs> we know why. Well, when I did my shoulder, we did, Ellen couldn't do it on her own, so right. we paid somebody to do it last year. Yes. Right. Oh, well, A, it's a fortune, and B, they don't do it properly. And you uh, do. And you, you do. I do. <laughs> I do. It's quite defensive about his Yeah. <laughs> I do. I hate it. I hate gardening. Anything to do with the garden, I hate it. Right. Every single bit of it. And then do you clear this because you don't have anyone do your snow? You do have people do your snow. Yeah? Aye. Aye, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind that. We don't mind that. What, we do having that. other people do it. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That Wait. brings us to the end of today's show. Oh, I got chills with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> tell you what, I hope there's not a big truck outside. I'm not getting in. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, we're back at Liverpool playing tomorrow. Steve, have you watched that? Oh. Europa League, Steve. Who is it? Toulouse? I, I don't know. It's Europa League. Uh, yeah. right. With reserves, probably, anyway. There you are. You're on. Yeah, I'll be watching it then. Hey, are. Stuart Robson will be here. Mark Ogden as well to give us a, an update on Old Trafford's leaky roof. <laughs> uh, be sure to join oh, us. Oh. Ten Hag missed that bit, didn't he? What's that? The roof. The roof, yeah. yeah that's about the only thing he's missed. Yeah. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.